This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in. Follow us on Odyssey at A-U-D-A-C-Y. You go in there in the app. You hit follow, bing, and you'll get every episode of Fifth Avenue Faceoff delivered to you. Unfortunately, it doesn't make a cute little bing sound like that, but it should. I'm going to talk to the bosses about that later. Chris Mack of the Fan Morning Show and Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan here with you, joined by the man who named the podcast himself, Pat Damp from KDKA-TV. Um, what's it feel like to win a major award like this? There's a first time for everything, right? It's nice to finally win something. As a Pittsburgh Penguins and Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I've just I've not won that often or enough. So right. it's nice to finally get a W on the board. What <laughs> hold on. For those that aren't watching, um, what are you wearing exactly? Is that a Mighty Ducks jersey? This is in fact a Mighty Ducks, the original movie jersey yeah. of Charlie Conway. Because I always I always joked with the guys I grew up playing with uh, at the Allegheny Badgers in high school and then with IUP in college, I always said I felt a lot like Charlie Conway because I was great in my own end. But as soon as anything happened in the offensive zone, they were like, it's damp. He's going to screw it up. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. That's just perfect. Well, hold on. I was going to save this till the end of our conversation, but let me start here. What made little Pat damp a hockey fan? What, what did it for you? I grew up in a hockey family. Uh, My dad was both in the early nineties, a penguins columnist for the old penguins report in the gateway press He was also a high school hockey coach. He was a mercenary of sorts uh, as a high school hockey coach. He coached, in my life, Woodland Hills, North Allegheny, Franklin Regional, Fox Chapel. And he, to his credit, never forced me to play it. He always said he's actually, he was always kind of a little disappointed that I ended up playing hockey because he was like, man, now I'm going to have to coach and I didn't want to do that. I wanted him to just play like baseball or soccer or whatever. And he ended up coaching us and it was a hell of an experience and a lot of fun. And, um, you know, just, I was exposed to the game early and I just took to it and, um, you know, it's the best thing I've ever done. It's the one thing I'm most passionate about is the sport. Uh, I think it annoys the hell out of my girlfriend when I start ranting about the Penguins and she's like, 
I barely know what offsides is, so this is wasted on me. <laughs> I'm going to just go now. Let me know when you're done. Uh, being a coach's kid, though, that's tough. You, you just know that you're going to be the one that gets yelled at the most. Yeah, and that was, uh, you know, when I was, as I got older, uh, you know, not I don't want to bring the mood down or anything. My dad passed away a little over a decade ago. Um, may he rest in peace. But early in my hockey playing career, one of the guys that helped him coach there was a game we lost and he came into the locker room and just tore into me. Just everything was my fault. Right. I screwed this up. I did that wrong. I got this wrong. So on and so forth. And the one assistant coach pulled him aside and said, listen, when we win games, do you go in there and just shower them with praise? Well, no, of course not. I praise the team. I praise the people who helped us win. So why do you go in there and tear, tear into him when we lose? He's a part of the team. Yeah. He's your kid. You don't want to seem biased, but you, the way you don't seem biased is, He's on the team. That's it. Yeah. So it, it was difficult, but like, you know, it was, it was a great relationship to have with your dad. Cause yeah. you know, once we figured out that there was that boundary of coach and player and son and uh, father and son, it was awesome. So l- let me turn, turn it in the direction of uh, what's going on with our team right now, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, it feels like Mike Sullivan needs a kid on the team so he can go in there and maybe spark something and maybe kick a couple garbage cans or something. Um, this team cannot get out of their own way early in games. Um, I was talking with Eric Tangrady about this a couple minutes ago. Uh, he called it the million-dollar question. I don't know what it is. Ricard Raquel had some theories the other night after the loss in Florida. I don't know what the answer is, Pat, for why this team, is it because they're bored and disinterested? Is it because they're old and slow or worse yet? Is it both? Why can't this team start faster? You know, I really liked what uh, Ricard Raquel had to say. If, if he is thinking about getting into coaching after hockey, I think he might be onto something because him saying that they want to keep it almost too simple was really smart to me. Cause I've had the same question all, all season long. I literally wrote a column, I think a month into the season for KDK about how they have this horrible trait of starting games slowly. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't figure it out. I, it was the same as what you just asked me. What's the problem? Old and slow, disinterested, bored, whatever. But Ricard Raquel saying that they're trying to play almost too simple comes to me as they're playing not to screw up rather than mm. to succeed. And that in any level of hockey is a surefire way to screw up if you're playing not to make a mistake rather than playing the correct way you're going to make a mistake through hesitation through just not doing the right things so i think after all this time ricard raquel saying that might be the answer just don't overthink it don't play not to lose don't play not to screw up just play the system do what you know how to do best push the puck forward four check hard be defensively accountable rather than I have to be extra aware on defense. I have to get back a step faster. Just right. play the system. All right. I have some rapid fire stuff for you here in a second, but first I, I'm just going to give it to you point blank. I'm going mean, to, this classic sports talk question <laughs> of me. Who's this team's GM on July 1st? I don't think it should be Ron Hextall. I, I wrote about this last week on Penguins Perspectives. Uh, I know, I know that I, I worked in the AHL and the ECHL. I know it's not the NHL, but I know what weight comes with Colin for a general manager, a coach, an executive's job. You know, that's a human being that we have to keep that in mind. We, I think 
as sports prognosticators, we lose sight of that sometimes that we are talking about a person, right? It's not EA sports, NHL 23, where a name just disappears and a new one pops in. But I don't hate Ron Hextall's management style. If this was the first couple of years of Crosby or Malkin's career, great. Don't, don't sell too many things off yet. Keep building. Or if we were in the last couple of years of their careers, same deal, but that's not where we are. They can still produce. They can still play. They're still very good. So you have to empty the tank. You have to make it so this team wins now. And that's just not Ron Hextall's MO. And as much as I know a lot of hockey Twitter will hate this, if Twitter's working right now, who knows anymore. (laughs) But you have Brian Burke right there. And for all of Brian Burke's faults, he is not scared to make a huge move when his team can contend. And maybe that's what they need. I thought maybe the antithesis of Jim Rutherford was what they needed, but they got it in, in Hextall and it, I just, uh, it's not working. Yeah. I, I can't see a path forward back to cup contention with Ron Hextall as the guy either. Um, like if you want to sit here and continue to live in the middle and be somewhere, uh, you know, messing around with wild card spots or maybe get through a round or two of the playoffs and that being considered a success. And eh, maybe Hextall's your guy for just sort of slightly retooling the roster every year for the last couple of years of the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era. But to your point, they're still in the, it might be the end of their primes, but they're still in their primes and they can still produce. And if the, the, the goal is with those three on the roster, and in their primes to constantly be chasing Stanley cups, then yeah, you're right. You've got to do better than a guy who just feels like he's what's, I don't even know what the term is I'm looking for. I'm, I'm failing to find the right words, but it's, it's not half-assing it because I I believe he's doing all that he thinks he can and should be doing, but half measures, I guess, you know, it's, 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 it's Benino. And I love, I love the addition of Benino. I like Benino a lot. I think he's actually the right kind of guy for this team on the fourth line, but you know, Granlund, Benino, uh, Kulikov, it's, those are the kind of guys you add as periphery pieces on an already really good, almost championship level team. They're not the kind of guys you add to go from first round out to conference finals or cup final. It's timid and that's it. It's timid and it's, it's, it's hoping, you know, we do have to give credit for him recognizing the mistake of Kasperi Kapanen and Brock McGinn and getting those contracts off the books. You know, if we're, if we're going to, if fair is fair, if we're going to flame him for signing those deals, we do have to credit him for getting rid of them. But at the same time, those are all hope moves. It's hoping that Kasperi Kapanen finally gets to that potential. It's hoping Brock McGinn's production shoots up and Obviously, there's no sure thing in sports. Very few players are the sure thing. But like you said, Nick Benino, Dmitry Kulikov, those are guys you add to the periphery when you have a very solid roster. And again, in fairness, he's done a very good job at building the top of this roster. Yeah. Bringing, back, bringing back Malkin, bringing back Rust, bringing back Raquel, bringing back Latang. All very good moves and very good contracts, if I might add, but it's everything around it. It's it's the guys in the bottom six. It's giving Jeff Carter a $3 million extension with a no move. No move clause. clause. Yeah, don't forget that part. <laughs> it, it, it's it's giving Kasperi Kapanen in a two-year $6 million total extension after he failed to hit even, I think, 30 points. It, it's hoping that these guys 
become what you want them to be rather than going out and getting players that you know what they can be. Yeah. All right. Real quick, rapid fire before we let you run. It's a game I like to call GTFO or oh yeah. So essentially you're telling me if these things will happen or not. GTFO, that's not happening or oh yeah, that's happening. So let's start with Jeff Carter will end up in the press box at some point this season. GTFO or oh yeah. Unfortunately, GTFO. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's going to get benched. He's too much of a veteran presence that they like. So unless he somehow manages to fall off even more of a cliff, GTFO. All right. Dmitry Kulikov will at some point supplant Brian Dumoulin, maybe not on the top pairing, but in the lineup. GTFO or, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I think so. I know it doesn't look that way right now with the way lines were at practice, but Kulikov is a classic no no real risk high reward move he's on the worst analytical defensive team in the history of analytics and it wasn't because of him it was just the way that roster was yeah he has a lot more upside than what i think people see right now all right gtfo or oh yeah the pens can win a series oh yeah the east is going to be an absolute dogfight, and i do think if they draw boston in the first round they may not beat them but I think it's going to be a much better and closer matchup than people think. Because if you look at the winter classic, even without Jari Uh for about 56, 55 minutes, they played them very well and did not let them play the system that they play. As soon as Boston could get behind the net and establish their four check, that's when they took over the game. But for the majority of it, the penguins did not let them play the game that has made them so successful. All right. Last one. And then I'll let you run. If Tristan Jari remains healthy, the Pens can win two series. GTFO or, oh yeah. I got to go GTFO. And it's not even an anti-Jari thing. I think he's great. I think when healthy, he's one of the better goalies in the league. But it's just such a stacked Eastern Conference that getting out of the first round for everybody involved, not just the Penguins, is going to be a Herculean task. And I think you're going to have a huge chunk taken out of you by the second round, not to mention the conference final and the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, it's going to be a gauntlet. Uh, Thanks for taking some time today, Pat. We appreciate it. Follow him on Twitter at Synonym for Wet, uh, digital producer at KDKA TV2. He writes a column every Monday for KDKA called Penguins Perspectives, uh, co-hosts a fantastic Penguins podcast that publishes occasionally on their own schedule whenever they feel like it with Jesse Marshall and Mike Darnay called Dying Alive. All your work is fantastic. Uh, And again, you named the show. So I am permanently indebted to you, my friend. (laughs) I don't know about permanently, but I'm glad to have helped in, as as you guys at 93.7 know, I'm a big fan. So it's awesome to be here. Well, thanks again, Pat. Uh, Appreciate the time. Great stuff, dude. Thanks, Chris. Great stuff, as always, from Pat uh, at, at all of the different outlets that he works at. He always brings it uh, and does so with both some insight and some good humor as well. He came up with the name Fifth Avenue Faceoff, so we had to have him. And in fact, it was long overdue. Feels long overdue that the Penguins have played the Blue Jackets. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a. It, it felt. They played twice between now and the end of the regular season, but it feels like this should happen more often. There's a complaint in here somewhere about the imbalanced schedule, but we don't have time for that. Instead, we get ready to talk to Aaron Portsline. He covers the Blue Jackets for The Athletic. He is next on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.